Hello, this is Zach Cherian. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. We are really excited to bring you this teaching. Please open your heart, and if you can, your Bibles, and receive this word from the Lord, recorded live at Brazen Grace Fellowship. I want to welcome all our friends watching on Periscope. Welcome all our dear ones that listen to this message on iTunes. Thank you so much for subscribing to our sermons. Man, we hear some amazing testimonies. People love it. I can, I, we, we don't have people who just like our podcast. They have absolutely love it. I want to talk to you real quickly from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to read one line out of verse number 23. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. We're going to study one line from that, from that verse. And I'm going to teach for just a minute because I believe there's so much power in what God is doing in this word. And I want you to understand something about what I'm going to teach about today, which is called the power of revelation. Say the power of revelation. I believe it is God's will for every believer to walk in supernatural power of revelation. Amen? Most believers operate in one of three levels. I'm going to teach on that today. But I believe that the level that God wants us to walk in is the level of revelation. Revelation means enlightenment. That which was hidden is open. That which was dark is now brought to light. It's, it's something that we could not see earlier suddenly being revealed. How many of you felt like that when the message of grace came into your life? Amen. All of a sudden you're like, my gosh, what was I believing all along? Even though you were probably born again, you felt like you got born again again. In it, in it, it just it just felt not like you were not going to go to heaven. Of course you were going to go to heaven, but you didn't really enjoy life down on the earth as much, did you? So all you waited for is in the sweet by and by, someday when we cross that river, we're going to go over there. And all your hope was about going to heaven. But when you understand this message of grace, you understand God gave us this message of righteousness so we can rule and reign in this life. Come on now, talk to me. Amen. God wants us to reign in this life. God, Joseph Prince, God wants you to reign. No. It's, 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 just, it's just that when you understand the message of grace you realize that there is a power given to us to operate in the freedom it was it was not like you didn't under you know it was not like you were not saved but there was something that enlightened in your spirit and all of a sudden you're like wow this was there all along what was i believing this whole time why didn't i see this earlier amen the power of operating in revelation first corinthians chapter 11 verse 23 the apostle paul who may i remind you was not one of the 12 disciples he never saw Jesus physically, at least when he was alive on the earth. Paul never saw Jesus walking on the earth. Paul never saw Jesus healing the, healing the sick. He never saw Jesus raising the dead. The only experience Paul has is Jesus knocking him off his horse. Right? And yet, most of the New Testament is recorded by not one of the disciples who was with Jesus but by a man who actually got saved after the resurrection, much later. In fact, he was killing Christians. He was torturing them. He was watching them being stoned. The, the great Stephen was being stoned and Paul was holding the clothes with no guilt, thought he was righteous, thought he was completely right with God and defending the truth. Sounds like religious folk, isn't it? You don't have to be the one doing the stoning. You just have to be the one holding the cloak of the one doing the stoning. You're still responsible. <laughs> Paul says this beautiful words, and I want to stay on it for just a second. 
Verse 23, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. Sounds like really casual verse, doesn't it? Sounds like a simple little line over there. For I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege today of hearing your word. Our minds are alert. Our spirits are awakened. Our bodies are alert to hear the word of God. Like David said, oh God, we yearn for you. We long for you, Jesus. Your word is truth. Thank you, Lord, that we have, we live in you. We move in you. And we have our being in you, God. Come on, say this. In him I live. In him I move. And in him I have my being. I am complete in him. Father, thank you for the privilege of being yours. Thank you for accepting us into yourself. Wow. Not only did we accept you into us, you have accepted us into you. Woo! So grateful, God. You're so good. Now open our hearts to receive revelation. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your right hand over your head. Say, stinking, thinking. You got to go. Today I receive revelation. I'm not just a hearer. I'm also a doer of the word. Paul says these words in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. 23, for I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you. This is one of the most profound revelations in the Bible about the Lord's table. One of the most profound, incredible revelations in the Bible about the Lord's table. God never asks us to do something unless it is for our benefit. We have been so taught that the only reason God does something is for his glory. It's going to mess with your theology for just a little bit. And so we're always suffering for God because it's all for his glory. It's all for his glory. Listen to me. God gets glory from you being blessed. That was awesome, Pastor Zach. God doesn't get glory from your pain, from your misery, from your torture. God gets glory from your joy. From your victory. From your blessing. The Lord delights in prospering his saints. Listen to me. The Lord takes pleasure in blessing you. How does God get glory when we look good? You hear me now? Oh, I'm just going through this, brother. I'm just suffering so God will get the glory. He ain't getting glory from your misery. He's getting no glory from your pain. He gets glory from your victory. Amen. You are a sweet smelling fragrance to the Lord. You're not a, uh, you know, God's not holding his breath around you. Oh, Lord. He needs some gum. No, you are a sweet smelling fragrance forever, forever. God has decided not to change his mind about you and nothing you do, even your ignorance, even your stupidity can make you be a stench in his nostrils. Isn't that a liberating thought? Isn't that a most beautiful thought? Let's do that on the Amplified Santosh if you have it. For I received from the Lord himself. That which I passed on to you, it was given to me personally that the Lord Jesus, the night he was betrayed. This is talking about communion. This is talking about uh, 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 what, we, what we do in the Lord's table. And I've taught you plenty sermons about that. If you don't have it, go get the CD on the power of the Lord's table. It's absolutely phenomenal. But Paul talks about receiving this revelation personally from God. Have you noticed you don't hear the apostle Paul write anything about the Lord's table? Have you noticed you never even see John the Beloved who gives us one of the most beautiful revelations of who Jesus is in the book of John. One of my favorite gospels. In fact, my favorite gospel of them. I can have favorites. Okay, just be quiet. And we, and we see even in that while they 
while they mention what happened, while they mentioned an event that took place called the Lord, the Last Supper, they never really emphasized this revelation and many other revelations in the New Covenant, which God anointed Paul to do. Have you ever wondered why the disciples never really, never really enforced some of these things that Jesus asked us to do? I have a theory. I could be wrong, but I believe I'm right. It's because they believed that exclusive event called Lord's Table was only for the circumcised. Just like all other things that Peter and the, 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 the apostles of the circumcision had a hard time giving to the, un, to the Gentiles, they thought this special, beautiful thing, oh, it's ours, it's ours. And so you know what God does? He gives a revelation to a little Paul over there. The disciple who was given the revelation to go to the Gentiles doesn't. And so therefore God anoints Paul. Peter was the one and the disciples to whom Jesus said, go into all the and circumcise them. Where did they get that from? Where did they get that from? I'll tell you where they got that from. It came from familiarity. To those who were in that last supper, it was an exclusive historical event. But for Paul, God gives him a revelation about the Lord's table. And now something that was exclusive to the apostles now includes all of us. Praise God. Paul was explaining something in that verse in the beginning. He says, for I received from the Lord by revelation. Can I say something to you that might mess with your theology today? Paul reveals Jesus in a way that is more descriptive, more beautiful, more real, more touchable, more tangible than any of the disciples who were with him physically. Can I push your theology just a little bit? Paul was saying that a revelation of Jesus Christ is more real than actually being with him in person. When this hit me, you know what I did? What I do? I get up and run around my office. Paul was saying that the power of the revelation of Jesus Christ is more real than if you were back in those days walking with Jesus. Because you can walk with Jesus in the flesh and not know him in the spirit. You can walk with Jesus in real. You can touch him. You can hold him. You can sit with him. And yet the only thing you will be arguing about is who's going to sit at his right hand. When you know somebody through familiarity rather than revelation, you're always trying to climb a ladder. Let me see if I can get closer to him. It's all about competition. We've all desired to be there in those days when Jesus walked the earth at some point in our life, didn't we? We have plays where we make you feel like you were there. You know, the most amazing thing about this, Paul says that a revelation of Jesus Christ is more real, is more transforming than a physical walk with him when he was walking around. This is so good. We've all desired to have, wish we could be there, wish we could be there, wish we could have been there. And Paul says, don't wish it, he's with you. Jesus is not in your past, Jesus is in your now. (laughs) Did you hear me? 
Jesus is not a has been, was there a long time ago. Jesus is a now faith is God. He is with me right now. He's walking with me right now. I am not walking this life alone. I don't have to go through pain alone. Jesus is with me. Jesus is walking with me. Jesus feels what I feel. Beloved, you are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Ephesians chapter 1, please. Paul trying to emphasize emphasize this powerful point of revelation now keep the context as I'm teaching y'all you've read Ephesians 1 many times and you've claimed it and you've declared it and that's all true now read it in the context of Paul saying that a revelation is greater than you haven't been there in person you know why because when you see him in person you know him in the flesh but when you get a revelation of Jesus you know him by the spirit And here's something we don't understand. The spirit realm is more real than the natural realm. The spirit realm is more real. It's more real. You and I are not physical beings. We are spiritual beings. We are no longer of flesh and blood. We are now born of the spirit. We are now born of God. God is a spirit. And therefore those who worship him must not worship in flesh but worship in spirit. Why? I love how E.W. Kenyon says it. He says, God did not make us a human being. He didn't make us just some dust, earthly, fleshy things. He created man in the God class. (laughs) You are now born of God. The corruptible has been done away with and now we have put on the incorruptible. Hallelujah. Paul says this as he's praying for the Ephesian church and speaking to all of us. Verse uh, 17. And he prays, continues, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the what? In the knowledge of him. What is the highest revelation you can receive? The greatest, deepest revelation is nothing but Jesus. Jesus is the greatest revelation of God. Man, you didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. Y'all are talking. Oh, you mean you mean the information of Jesus that he died? No, 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 no. Jesus is the greatest revelation of God. You can't go any higher than Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate revelation of God. That the God of our Father may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? So you can know him. <laughs> Ah, the whole point of it is so I can know him. Do you know him? Do you know, oh, like know him. The implication there is oneness, intimacy. And Adam knew Eve and they bore a son. It's the same knowing the Bible speaks of when it says, do you know God? Meaning what? Are you one with him? My friend put up a Facebook update this morning, Christopher Alamany, and he put these words, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And we talk about waiting as, right? The word wait there is to be bound together with, intertwined with. They that are intertwined, I looked it up in the Strong's, they that are intertwined with him. (laughs) Shall renew their strength. Those that are bound, say this, I am intertwined with God. Say, I'm so bound up in God. I'm so wound up in God. (laughs) You are so intertwined with God. He included you into himself. Do you know that now until forever, there is a man that is involved in the Trinity? 
Jesus Christ, the man. And you know what's beautiful? You and I are now included in him. Those that are born of God, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. My God, I said I won't shout. This is so good. That the God of our Father, the Lord Jesus, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Where? In the knowledge of him. Say the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation is first and foremost that I may know him. That I may know Jesus. Now watch this. First revelation is always him. Second, that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that now we may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? You see, beloved, whenever you receive a revelation of who God is, God immediately releases a revelation of who you are. The revelation of God is incomplete until you find yourself complete in him. You better hear me now. This is some good stuff. The revelation of God is incomplete until you find yourself complete in him. God takes no pleasure in you getting how awesome God is. Because the whole point of him revealing how awesome he is. Is so you can find yourself in how awesome he is. (laughs) This is so good. Can you imagine how crazy God is about you? I'm just a worm that saved a wretch like me. Ain't no wretch. You're born of God. You are born of God. Listen to me, my dear friend who thinks you've sinned too much. Or you're just so messed up. I can't be. I'm talking to you. You, if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I don't care what your actions say. You are born of God. I don't care if any preacher has said this to you before. Hear me now. Oh, but I messed up too much. It don't matter. You are born of God. You may not be acting like who you are. You may not be acting like who you are, but it doesn't change the fact that you are born of God. Nicodemus was like, what is he talking about? What do you mean born again? Nicodemus literally looked at Jesus and said, you mean I got to go back into mama's womb? And they made you a Pharisee, dude. Keep reading. Why did you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards who? Us. His exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. You are one revelation away from your breakthrough. You are one revelation away from your breakthrough. Oh God, won't you? Oh God, won't you? God is not waiting for him to come fight. He's waiting for you to get a revelation that he's already fought it. You are one revelation away from walking in victory. You are not 40 days of fasting away from it. God real quiet in Presbyterian church today. You are not one 40-day beating yourself up, suffering yourself. You are one revelation away. You are one revelation away. What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand far in in heavenly places. I love how 2nd chapter 2 verse 6. 
Chapter 2, verse 6 says, and raised us up together. I wish those two verses were together, but they really are. Not only was Christ raised up, you are raised up with Christ. Who? Those who believe. And now you and me are seated in Christ. We're not seated with him like there's a billion people sitting next to him. We are all included in Christ. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can repeat this simple prayer with me right now, wherever you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you as I am and receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is my Lord. I am yours forever in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today for this teaching. We would love to hear from you. You can write us at ZCIM PO Box 592675, San Antonio, Texas 78259. For more information on ZCIM, please visit us at zcim.org or on Facebook and Twitter at ZCIM Official. God bless you.